Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. For a Friday, Father's Day weekend, and uh, coming up today on the show, we'll talk a little Kentucky football with John Sumrall, UK linebackers coach, and then the second half of the show, we'll talk college hoops with Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News, and glad to have you guys on board with us, and uh, glad to be back with you. Uh, took a few days off to celebrate my daughter's graduation from college, and uh, Made a little trip in connection with that, so good to be back. Thanks to uh, Dick Gabriel and Curtis Birch for filling in over the past week. Let's get right into the Wildcat news of the day, and that is a service of Kentucky Beer Cheese. Let's start with a little Kentucky basketball and Ty Ty Washington talking to the media yesterday at a camp stop in Midway for Kentucky basketball. Among the uh, highlights, he said that he and Severe Wheeler are doing everything together and feel really comfortable playing together. And it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go. If I had to um, to guess, I would say we'll probably start by seeing the two of those guys starting the game together, along with maybe Kellen Grady and a three-guard alignment, and say Keon Brooks and Oscar Sheepway. They would uh, maybe be a guess at the moment on a starting lineup, but... There's just a lot of different ways to go, and we'll see who uh, makes the most improvement of returning guys, whether uh, you know Jacob Toppin, Dante Allen, somebody like that makes a move. But um, for now, Ty Ty said that he and uh, Wheeler should be able to click just fine together. He said he's working on his defense. He noted that there were some people that thought he was lazy on the defensive end. You won't get a chance to be lazy playing for John Calipari on the defensive end, but I guarantee you that he's aware of that, and um, good to hear that you know he's focused on it and aware of it. Comfortable taking a leadership role, he said, with uh, a veteran team, and that's not something we've had to say about uh, Calipari point guards up until this point where it's been a, a freshman leading uh, primarily a lot of other freshmen and sophomores. Here it's uh, a much older team that Cal has assembled via the transfer portal. And Ty Ty Washington, uh, I, I was reading, I think it was Jerry Tipton's story in the Herald-Leader, that Ty Ty kind of bounded into the media session, uh, big smile on his face, uh, greeting the reporters. And so he seems certainly to be a, an outgoing young man and uh, Need to be comfortable talking. Cal wants his point guards to to take to be vocal leaders. You don't necessarily have to be the off court leader, but they need you. You're going to be the guy that got the ball in his hands a lot. You need to be an on court leader. And obviously, we've seen multiple point guards play well together, so that that can work. So just a lot of uh, 
things that I think if you're a Kentucky fan, you like hearing from Ty Ty Washington yesterday. Uh, Darian Kennard named first team preseason All-America by the Walter Camp Foundation. Going to be the first of several such honors, I would suspect, for Darian, given uh, how he's being regarded coming into this season. Going to be an interesting year for him because I think the plan is to switch him to left tackle, which could certainly do nothing but enhance his NFL stock. And so you've got to see how he handles that and to see then, um, you know, who slides into that right side. Because sometimes, and we saw this with, you know, Bunchy Stallings at, at center uh, back in, what was that, 2017. They thought that that would be the, the natural move after Toth left. And Bunchy turned out was much more comfortable staying at right guard. And so somewhere through the middle of that season, Drake Jackson came on board and became the anchor of the offensive line for the rest of his career. So we'll see if uh, if Darian feels uh, just as comfortable and is equally or more effective on the left side as he was on the right. My hunch is that he will be. Uh, 24-7 Sports predicting a 9-3 and overall record for Kentucky football, 5-3 and in the SEC. Like all these predictions, take it for what it's worth in in your mind. But if you're a Kentucky fan, you like seeing that. Uh, Max Duffy, released by Denver yesterday. The special teams coach had had some nice things to say about Max recently. So I think if you saw that, this probably came as a little bit of a surprise. But I always remember uh, Rich Brooks, when he was here, talking from his NFL experience about how difficult it is for punters and kickers. And we've certainly seen this with Austin McGinnis as a kicker to break into that league. And so you have to sometimes just keep trying and keep trying, find the right spot, um, whether it's a, a, the team needs or the team's contract situation or whatever it might be. And then if you can get in and make it into the league and, and get one of those jobs, then you tend to keep them for a long time. Now, the thing with Max is he goes into this process much older than the typical uh, first-year NFL player. So uh, we'll see how long he chooses to stick with it. But hopefully he'll, uh, he'll make another run at it, whether it's back in, you know, give – get another shot with Denver. I mean, it's not unprecedented to release a guy and then bring him back uh, or uh, somewhere else. So uh, good luck to Max. Uh, Manuel quickly named second team all-rookie squad in the NBA. And Kentucky Volleyball has announced its 2021 schedule to open defense of its national championship. Ticket information on uh, this release as well. You can get details at ukathletics.com. Uh, one of the highlights of the non-conference schedule will be hosting Stanford on September 19th. Uh, in the SEC, there are, this year are going to be some single-day matches and also some uh, league games, league matches, that will be played out uh, over a series of two days. So go to UKAthletics.com, get more information on all of that. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. When we come back, we'll bring on Coach John Sumrall, talk a little Kentucky football with him here in the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. And don't forget, their new downtown location is open, kind of across from all that construction at Rupp Arena on Main Street in downtown Lexington. Great place if you're working downtown or if you have someone visiting, tell them to stop in there for their morning coffee or uh, grab a bite of lunch. It's the Clark's location in downtown Lexington on Main Street. We'll be right back. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 
We welcome in Coach John Sumrall to the program, linebackers coach for the Wildcats, former Kentucky player as well. Coach, how's your summer going? John, thanks for having me, man. Summer is good. We are in the middle of uh, doing high school prospect camps and uh, getting our guys back on campus the last couple weeks and transitioning into summer summer workouts and doing doing some prep for uh, for training camp and just staying busy, man. So it's going really well. Finally, it feels somewhat normal, I guess, and I'm sure that's uh, very welcome for you guys on the staff as well as the players. Yeah, very normal. Um, you know, last year uh, with all the protocols and all the routines we had to go through just to make the season happen, um, you know, a lot of logistical stuff in regards to training training room uh, workers and, and doctors and the equipment staff, those all the support staff people last year, man, the hoops they, they had to jump through to make football work. Um, it was amazing what all they did. Um, and, and this year, a lot a lot easier to get kind of back to some more, some more, more normalcy than what we had last year. But it's nice to have the guys back in the building and, uh, and able to kind of be around each other a little bit more and spend quality time together and, and, and you know, get to know each other better. Because last year, man, it was it was – Get in the building, hurry up, get your shower, leave as fast as you can so you're not around somebody for 15 minutes. So nice to have some of that normalcy back. Let's talk a little bit about the getting to know you process because you have a new guy in your linebacker's room, uh, late edition, um, Jacquez Jones from Ole Miss. Uh, first of all, just tell us about him as a player and what he'll bring to the mix. Yeah, you know, so Jaquez was a, a young man that I knew going back to his high school days at Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa. I had the chance to coach him as a freshman at Ole Miss. And so for me, it's not so much get to know you. It's like reacquainting ourselves with each other, but, um, but, but really excited about what he brings to the table. Um, a lot of SEC football experience, um, was a freshman all SEC player his true freshman year, the same year that DeAndre Square was also a freshman all SEC player. So both those guys were on the freshman all SEC team the same year. Um, Jaquez has got a high football IQ, um, a really steady, solid player, um, really, really good teammate, good leader, good communicator, mature guy who I think is going to bring a lot of, a lot of value just through his experience to the room. Um, and, and really I think it's going to fit the room well. Like when, when we went through the process of figuring out could it be right for us and could it be right for him, uh, to come here, you know, it wasn't one of those deals where we just knew we wanted to make sure it was right for both sides. Um, our guys in the linebacker room were very welcoming of, of adding him, and and that made a lot of a lot of um, positive synergy there because you just want to make sure it's good for the whole group, and you don't want to you don't want to bring a guy in and it mess mess up the culture and chemistry of the team or the room. And Jaquez is also he's wired right to where he's going to come in and work hard and pay his dues and, and show respect to the guys who are here, but also come in with expectation of being a major factor, a major contributor on our football team. So excited about what he's going to bring. You know, you, you don't do what he's done statistically the last couple of years without um, having some ability. I mean, he led led their team in tackles last year. Um, and so highly productive player, been through a lot of battles, knows what this league is about. Uh, is not going to flinch when when it's time to put the ball down and play. What are the the strengths that he will bring with his game to your linebacker group? 
Yeah, so that's a good question. He's, he's like I said, high football IQ guy, um, great communicator, um, really a good first and second down box player. I think we can help him improve in, in some coverage stuff, but he is he's a guy that's always had knockback ability, always been a physical tackler, um, and really is a guy that's easy to be, be around and easy to, to, easy to like just because he does things the right way and he's a team guy. It's not about him. And so I think he'll be able to help. You know, we've got, we've got some good young players here. Uh, I mean, you look at guys like Jared Casey, man, has had an awesome, awesome last six months. Um, De'Eric Jackson, even though he's injured right now, has had a, has had a great last six months up until his injury. And he's still, even though he's fighting this injury, he's battled back and rehabbing. Uh, like a pro. And then the two true freshmen we signed, uh, Trevor Wallace and Marquez Thrower, it's great for them to have another guy in the room other than Square that can show them like, hey, this is, this is how you prepare like an SEC linebacker. Um, and so he's just going to add so much value to that, to that piece of just, you know, his, his experience, his maturity, um, and his football IQ is going to bring so much to the table. I would think and you know, a guy in your group last year, Jamin Davis, um, came from a position where you know this this time a year ago, uh, not many people were talking about him. Certainly outside of of Kentucky, and he ends up playing his way into being a first round draft pick. That has to be kind of a inspirational element to other guys who are there to see that you know you put in the work, you can make that kind of move. Yeah, Jamin's a great testament to. You know, be where your feet are, control what you can control, don't run from adversity. Um, and things don't always just happen and come easy for people. You know, I mean, the, the, the sad thing is this day and age in society, we've trained a lot of young people that when things don't go well, uh, just go do something else or find a better place or it's, it's, it's somebody else's fault. Um, Jamin really committed to the process of his own development. And, and you've seen the outcome of the, his commitment to that process uh, pay off for him. And, you know, I coached, I coached Jamin the last couple of years, and the best thing I can say about the young man, I never had to ask him one to practice harder uh, or give me more effort. Or, like, every now and then I had to say, hey, like, maybe pull off a little bit. It's a Tuesday practice in the middle of the season, and we're, I don't want you to beat yourself up. But I never had to ask him for more. Never, like, I really never had to ask him for more. And and that allows you as a coach to coach the details of technique, of of vision, of of things that make you better um, from a technique standpoint. And so really excited to see what's happened for him and, and it's a great it's a great um, model of what just putting your head down and going to work every day and and not worrying about things that you can't control um, will do for you. If you just put in the work and you, and you commit to your, your personal growth and you're a good person and a good teammate, good things happen. And sometimes that happens for guys in year one. Sometimes it's year two. For Jamin Davis, it was year four, you know, and, um, but the guy was the same guy the whole time. And, um, it just kind of came together for him and really excited for him and proud of what he's been able to accomplish so far. We're talking with Coach John Sumrall, uh, from the UK staff. Uh, Obviously, the the transfer rule change, bringing a guy like Jaquez in, that's a big change in college football. NIL is going to be another one, name, image, likeness. I think you can answer this. It's it's not specific to recruits. I was just wondering, do as you are recruiting, is it something that that is coming up a lot uh, as with kids you're recruiting? Yeah, 
Yeah, so, I mean, any time there's a new issue like this that's, that's in college athletics, you, you, you've got to address it head on. And, and, yeah, it comes up in recruiting to a certain extent. Um, we're going to embrace uh, whatever they're going to allow us to do. Um, and I think, you know, Mitch Barnhart and Coach Stoops and the administration here will, will through some of the um, government stuff that has to happen to, for some of the stuff to take place for us, We'll, we'll work through all the channels of, of what's what's the best thing for us to do going through that process. Um, it is it is kind of a sticky situation because it's not just as clean as like, hey, here's your scholarship. There is uh, things that have to be passed from a government standpoint for us to be able to, to use some of that stuff. And um, but we're going to always here promote and maximize our players' opportunity and, and their exposure. And and this is a player's first program. Um, it's about the players. You know, I, it's, it's, I tell people all the time, like, as a coach, I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the players. Um, as as an athletic trainer downstairs, those guys wouldn't have jobs if it wasn't, and, and girls wouldn't have jobs if it wasn't for the players. The strength staff wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the players. There wouldn't be a big stadium uh, next door to us if it wasn't for the players. And so everything's about the players. It's about It's a player's first deal, and, that's the way coach runs this program. It's the way it'll always be run, and we're always going to do what's in the best interest of our of our, of our individual players. And, and um, so we're going to maximize what we're able to do for them. What does that look like as we move forward? We're going to give them the best we can give them. And I, you know, we're we're still this is so new. Everybody's still kind of working through some of that, but it certainly comes up in recruiting. Um, I do think it's very easy for recruits to talk to our players about. Hey, what's the environment in Kentucky yeah, football? What's helps. the culture of Kentucky football? And those guys go, "Hey, man, the staff is going to take care of you and treat you right, and and it's a player's first program." And so they know, John, we're do what we what we can do. Yeah, you got to get to a break. Uh, appreciate the time. I'll let you get back to work. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you, buddy. Coach John Sumrall will be right back here on the Leach Report for Friday. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Appreciate Coach Sumrall uh, joining us. Uh, Mike, of course, he's coming up in the second half of the show. So we'll switch over to college basketball. Pro Football Focus has ranked the top 32 pass rushers going into the upcoming NFL season. Three of them are former Kentucky Wildcats. Zedarius Smith, Bud Dupree, and Josh Allen. And I would uh, guess they're going to be moving up that ladder in the coming years. We'll come back with Mike DeCourcy, give you the second half of the Leach Report when we come right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. From the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, it's the second half of the Leach Report for Friday. We welcome in Mike DeCourcy from SportingNews.com. Uh, Mike, how's the summer going? Oh, it's going very well. How are you, Tom? Doing well. Been to the movie theater yet? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, my wife and I on Sunday went to see In the Heights. How is that? I'm looking, I want to see that one. It was marvelous. It, I, I had such a good time at that movie, and it, it was really the perfect movie uh, to break what I think was a 17- or 18-month drought of not yeah. being in a theater. 
Uh, I um, in that boat. So I may follow the uh, the same uh, course uh, as you did there. Um, but let's start with basketball, obviously, uh, and we'll uh, be provincial and just begin right here at in, at home with the Kentucky roster that John Calipari has has remade into a much older group than we're used to seeing. Uh, what's your take on what he has put together? Well, I think that it's. I think it has real potential, and, and it's interesting to see. Uh, that because it's not it's not uh, a wash in you know five star high end top ten high school prospects that it's not being as passionately embraced as it would in those circumstances. But I I, I mean I love Kellen Grady. I, I think he's a really good college basketball player. I think C J Frederick is terrific. Uh, they uh, they've done a really nice job. Uh, of of retaining players uh, like like a Dante Allen, for instance, uh, uh, Keon, obviously. Uh, I think it's I think it's it's got real potential, and it, it, getting Severe Wheeler probably was the piece that had to happen because point guard was such a such an issue last year, and so to bring in uh, Severe and have uh, you know multiple options there, and especially one who has been. You know who has played the position in the SEC, not for a successful team, uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure that's really necessarily the issue. The issue is whether he is he is talented enough, and I think that he showed that he is. It's kind of funny, uh, interesting, I guess, commentary on public perception that uh, Kentucky is typically preseason, you know, way too early polls, all those kinds of things, top five, top ten at, at the worst when they have mostly new uh, people on the roster when they have uh, a team that has players with much more established form and a lot of it very good form they're not getting as much buzz <laughs> isn't that amazing as if john doesn't know how to put a get team a t- a team together uh, that hasn't been together before and the interesting thing is that you know he he he's probably told you a million times he's told me probably half a million or a quarter of a million times about how what the you know what the process is when you have to start completely from day one uh, with very little institutional knowledge, so to speak, and, and and he's done a really magnificent job in those circumstances uh, when the talent has been good enough, which has been most of the time. Uh, the difference here is he's got institutional knowledge; it's just the knowledge of different institutions. But he doesn't have to explain to C.J. Frederick the idea of help defense. Uh, he doesn't have to explain much to Kellen Grady because Kellen Grady played for Bob McKillop, and I'm not sure that there's much to learn basketball. If you've been with Bob McKillop for four years, I'm not sure how much more there is to learn about basketball. But obviously he's got to fit into to what John wants to do. But you don't, you don't have to do the basics. You can start with team building from day one. And I think that's an advantage for John. And then the question is, are the players good enough? And I, I really strongly believe that those guys are really talented. Uh, that uh, I, I've been I've been a fan of Kellen Grady from the first time I saw him back when uh, probably the first time I saw him was in the A10 championship game in 2018 when they won and earned a bid and then ended up playing the Wildcats and obviously I saw that game as well. And, and so I, I've been a fan of his from from all you know that very beginning. And I think that. You know, in the right circumstance, and I don't know exactly what Kentucky is going to require out of him, but I mean, I think he can be an all-conference player if that's what Kentucky needs. 
and so I, 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 I really think that that's, it's a good group. Uh, and Wheeler, probably the most important part, the most important variable. Can he be a terrific winning player the same as he was a terrific player on an unsuccessful team? You think it's uh, two point guards together uh, at the start, at least, in Washington and Wheeler? You know, I, I think that that's, that's a, uh, an option and a possibility, and, and, and it's nice to have that. If you have that and, and you have two guys that can shoot, uh, you have two guys that can create, so I think that becomes, it becomes a question of, is that your best five? Uh, and, and, and again, that's, that talks about the ability that they have when you've got a Dante Allen and you've got Kellen Grady. I mean, that, that gives you two big wings, so do you want to play two point guards or do you want to play a point guard and two wings? Uh, and I think that gives them a lot of different variety and options. And, and I, I, I honestly think that, uh, that it, it, it's a much improved team from a year ago. Uh, we saw, you know, a team that struggled in the post, and I don't think that'll be a problem now. Uh, you know exactly what you're going to get out of the post at minimum. You're going to get uh, 10 points and 10 rebounds at minimum uh, now. I mean, that, that's, that's what you'll get. And, and, that's, and I think you'll do better than that. But that's, I mean, that's what his history is in two years uh, of college basketball at a high level at West Virginia. So I don't think you have to worry about that anymore. And the, the toughness issue that you had uh, last year there, I don't think that you know, that's not even – that's a non-starter. I mean, he's one of the toughest uh, bigs in college basketball. So that problem goes away. And so now you can just sort of, uh, you, you sort of address uh, what was not working in other areas, that, and that begins at the point guard. And now you have two options there. Uh, so and again, like you said, you could play both of them together if that's the best way to to get your offense going. I, I just think it's a much stronger group, top to bottom. And I, I honestly, I, I, I probably, I think I probably had them around thirteen or so. And I, you know, I, I'm try, I was trying to be conservative because last year I was one who, you know, assumed that B.J. Boston would be great. Uh, and assume that the other freshmen would, you know, would meet the level that past Kentucky freshmen have. So I was trying to be a little conservative, but obviously I, I really feel strongly now that, you know, now that Fred, I don't, I think when I did mine, they still didn't have CJ. Um, I, I, now that the group is, and I know they didn't have severe Wheeler, so now that the group is in place, I think they have top 10 ability. It looks like, as Cal has gone about this, he's a, uh, approached it like you would if you had a, well, in this case, it's basketball, an NBA team, but any professional team. But like you, you were an NBA GM, and you look at we had a disappointing season. Where were our deficiencies? And that's what we've got to address as we rebuild this roster. And um, they needed to shoot it better. They needed better point guard play. They needed to be tougher. And all of the, the pieces that they brought in seemed to, um, on paper, fit together very well, much better than probably how the pieces fit together last year. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, the the one that that was clear to everybody was you can't you can't in, in, even in the in the game fifteen years ago you couldn't shoot like last year's team and expect to be successful. Uh, there were some teams that could really hammer defensively uh, and grind out enough points to be to be successful, but you couldn't win at the level Kentucky wants to win. I mean, when I covered Cincinnati in nineteen ninety nine. 
uh, they had a team that really struggled to shoot. But Hugs was a great defensive coach. They would hold you to like 18 first half points, and then they'd win 62 to 60 or something like that. But then, they, but they get in the NCAA tournament, and then they can't score and they can't go anywhere. And that's obviously not what Kentucky wants to do. So you you know that even like I said in 20 years ago's game, that kind of shooting wasn't good enough. And then you compound that with. No, everybody else is out there scoring three at a time. So if you're scoring, even if you're good at it and scoring two at a time, you're falling behind. So they had to shoot better. So you get Grady, you get C.J. Frederick, uh, you get Wheeler, you get guys that have shown they can shoot the basketball. Uh, you know, you 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 convince Dante Allen there's a spot for him, and he stays. And so now you have a now you have a significant shooting team. You went from a really poor shooting team to one that should be one of the better ones in the league at minimum. Uh, and so that's corrected. And then, like you said, the point guard position, it, it, that was probably the biggest hole in the lineup a year ago. Uh, Devin Booker just wasn't, uh, excuse me, not Devin Booker, uh, Devin Askew just wasn't uh, ready for that level at that time. Uh, and I'm not sure whether, I'm not sure whether the ability is quite there for him to be the kind of point guard Kentucky's used to. I don't have that concern as much with Ty Ty Washington. I, I don't have that concern with a guy who's averaged, you know, 15 and 6 or 15 and 7 in the SEC. I, he's shown that. So I, those, all the weaknesses that were apparent in last year's team have been addressed. And then, you know, I, I, I do think that they're, they're going to have to be a, a really tight team. And I don't mean in terms of uh, personality and, uh, and connection and that sort of thing, but I mean, Strategically, they're going to have to be a tight team. There were there were things that, uh, although like if you go back to 2012, that team did not have to be great uh, from a standpoint of execution. They they were, and that's why they were one of the best teams ever. But they didn't have to be because they could cover. I mean, uh, Gilchrist could cover for a slip that someone missed and come down the lane and block a shot like he did at the end of the championship game. There were things that that team could cover for because the ability was so great. This team won't have quite that luxury. Uh, so they have to be, you know, what, what the, the schemes they're presented with, they have to be really good at them. I, I, I would compare them to, in some way to maybe Cal's 96 uh, UMass team, where Padilla and Bright and, uh, and, that, and, and, and Carmelo Travieso, they did everything right. And then they had one superstar player in Camby who erased any mistakes that happened, but that team was really tight and really together, and they, they executed what John wanted. And that's why, you know, even though Camby was the only significant pro that came off that team, they still were one of the, you know, one of the great runners-up or one of the great non-champions in recent college basketball history. We're talking with Mike DeCourcy, SportingNews.com. On Twitter, it's at TSN Mike. And we'll continue when we come right back here on the Friday edition of The Leach Report. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Mike DeCarcy online from sportingnews.com. Um, NIL, in addition to the transfer game, the other big change that's coming for college sports is name, image, likeness, and starts here on July 1st in some states. And Still waiting to see if the NCAA will come through with something more widespread. Uh, ditto for Congress. Um, what are you hearing from coaches that that you talk to as far as you know? Their state has it; the other state doesn't. You know, it's it's really a, a, a ball of confusion, is the temptation saying. <laughs> uh, 
if they, they don't really know what to think or what to do. Remember that even though state law allows this, it the, there's still some questions about NCAA rules. And all you know, although NCAA, the NCAA wants to put it in place, they still have not been able to do that. And so it really is problematic. Uh, I, I don't know what the how, what approach anyone will take. I mean, it, it, for instance, let's let's use as an example right now. Okay, so it's been put into law in certain states, or, and will become active next month in certain states that someone can do this. Okay, but it's still technically against NCAA rules. Okay, so if if it's permitted to be if the NCAA sort of goes laissez-faire with that and doesn't, you know, and doesn't enforce the rule because they want to change their own, so if they don't enforce the rule and then someone from whatever school uh, goes ahead and I don't know gets a let's say gets does an autograph show, say okay, um, well I mean I know there's a lot of consternation in other states about not being able to do that, but it's not really technically against the law for anybody to do an autograph show, so. Like, I, I don't know that it, you would necessarily be forbidden from that in, say, Kentucky, where, you know, it's still against NCAA rules in your place, just as it is in the state that made it legal, but it's not really against the law for you to go do that. So I don't know, I, I don't know whether or not uh, it's, it's really that, you know, the, the idea that these other states are ahead of the game. I'm not sure that's really necessarily true. Uh, because it, just because you have made it technically legal doesn't mean it's now technically uh, uh, and no longer an NCAA rules violation. And it, so then it really comes down to how that rule is enforced. And I, 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 that's how complicated it is. It, it really, it, it, there's no easy answer for anybody. But if someone at, you know, at, at, at whatever college uh, in, in a state, that doesn't have that law, they don't have it here in Indiana either, sat down and said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have an autograph signing, and you can pay me, you know, you can pay me $10 an autograph, say. Well, I mean, there, there's no, like, there's no, there's no ordinance against that. I mean, just, just as you can, you know, you can do that as an Indianapolis Colt, you could do that as, you know, the point guard at IUPUI or whatever. I, I don't. So I don't know that the idea that the states that pass this are ahead of the game is necess- it necessarily holds water. Let's. Uh, I'm just looking at the list of recruiting rankings. I'll pick one here for this coming season. Paolo Banchero, one or two, depending on which list you consult. He's going to to Duke, a blue blood program. Have you heard any guess that you you put stock in as to what a player might be able to make? Is it going to be ten thousand? Is it going to be a hundred thousand? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. There's nothing I put stock into because I think it really varies for everybody, and it also varies according to what activity they want to engage. Uh, like, like you know, I use the autograph show because, uh, or uh, some sort of autograph signing uh, because it's the easiest one to pull off. I mean, anybody could do that, and you know, we've seen uh, back in the day, and I don't know if they still do this. Um, uh, when Kentucky seniors uh, would do their barnstorming tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they could make money doing that, and they often included autographs autographing as part of the you know admission or as you know a, a separate activity as part of that night, uh, and so it's an easy one to do. But I, you know it's it's going to have a saturation point. 
so I don't know exactly what kind of money they could make on that. And then it would, you know, for someone like Zion Williamson, who already had a significant Instagram following uh, when he arrived at Duke, uh, Zion would, would have been able to monetize that in a way that he couldn't while he was playing for the Blue Devils. But he would have been able to monetize that in a variety of ways. So it really comes down to individual cases and, in, and, and the individual market. I, I don't think that it's, you know, that it's universally the game changer that some perceive it to be. But I think that there, I think one thing that will happen is that this idea of going to the G League, uh, Ignite, uh, the, the, the pathway program as opposed to college basketball because you can get money in your pocket right away. I think that that, I, I, once we get universal NIL and it's coming, it's coming too slowly, but it's coming. Once we get that, I'm not, you know, I think that if you want to play for the G League Ignite, it'll strictly be, I want to play for the G League Ignite. I just don't want to go to college. I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I just, I just want to co-play hoops, and somebody's going to pay me six figures to do that. I, I don't think it'll be a, a, I need the money, and, and they're giving me this money, so, I, so why would I not do this? Uh, and I think that some of the athletes do that now. Uh, it's not, you know, the idea isn't that they don't necessarily want to be in college or play college basketball. It's just that if someone's going to pay me to do this, uh, you know, and, I, and my family could really use the money, it's hard to say no for some. And I, I think that will go away as, as a uh, threat to the, you know, to the re- recruitment of most top players uh, entering uh, college basketball or the, or the G League or wherever. Mike DeCourcy, always a pleasure. Thank you much. Thanks, Tom. That's Mike DeCourcy, SportingNews.com. On Twitter, it's at TSN Mike. We'll wrap up this edition of the Leach Report when we come right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Wrap up this edition of the Leach Report with a horse to watch for tomorrow in the Churchill Downs car. The Roxalana Stakes is their feature. Four Graces is the third choice, but I think she can upset the uh, two much lower-priced uh, top contenders. Are you looking for your dream home? Well, that means you're looking for your dream loan. At UK Federal Credit Union, we make that dream a reality. UK Federal Credit Union has home loan options to fit your needs with quick pre-qualifications. Plus, you can get special incentives with our Home Plus program to save on closing costs. Apply online at ukfcu.org or at our six branch locations. First Mortgage Services is provided by our partner, SWBC Mortgage Corporation. UKFCU is an equal housing lender, and for full details, visit ukfcu.org. 